Live from Naples, this is the Morning Break with Jane Ritter. Morning, everyone. Lovely to be back with you. And um, I've got a very special guest coming this morning. Sofia Leone, some of you may have already heard her, seen her. Um, we're going to be talking about starting again and volcanoes. Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And a very, very good morning to you all. As some of you may know, today is National Emergency Nurses Day, or at least it is according to daysoftheyear.com. So I think it's always worth honouring these fabulous people. Um, they are there for us. Another interesting fact is today is also bring your teddy bear to work or school day. So I hope if you are at work, you have brought your fairy little friend along with you. Getting to more serious stuff. This morning I'll be talking to Sofia Leone. Last year I chatted to Sofia. Um, Sofia does a lot of work with, with teens um, and she is a coach and we were talking about helping, helping uh, teens, obviously that was the main focus of, of, our, <clears throat> of our meeting. But Sophia is also very, very passionate about a particular island, which we will get onto in a second, in Sicily, where she is based. And a lot's been happening there. And so I thought it would be really nice just to hear um, what she's been up to, what she's been doing, and um, share that with you all. So let's get on to talk to Sophia. Oh, and good morning, Soph. It's wonderful to have you back again on the show. Thank you um, for having me again. It's um, it's always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Now, for our listeners, perhaps the thing that they don't understand in Italy is that we start the academic year a little bit later. But that doesn't mean that as teachers we are sitting around <laughs> doing nothing there's a lot of planning there's an awful lot of certainly in private language schools there's a lot of pl placement testing um getting courses sorted getting students in how did the start of the academic year go for you yeah it was different because this year i actually worked all summer online um, for Oxford Uni and then in September I did some like what you've just said prep work for school here in Palermo but online so I wasn't actually at school I wasn't in the city so I started off doing things online quite flexible and then eventually at the end of September I started back at school full-time doing induction. Wow so you've been a busy busy girl yeah as always i mean you, you never stop i know what are your priorities for this year what what are the big plans um 
I would probably say that this is a transition year, I think, in my career. Um, I'm not in the classroom as much. My timetable has changed. I feel that my role is changing. Um, I'm much more involved this year in teacher training, observations, various coaching projects, as you know, getting them off the ground, coaching teachers. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be that transition into getting out of the classroom and focusing on other projects. But you're still going to stay a little bit in the classroom, I hope, because that would, I mean, for your students more yeah. than anything, knowing you as a teacher, um, they love you. I mean, I still bump into students in Naples and they remember you really, really fondly. Mm -hmm. um, but it's brilliant that you're making that change how do you feel about it yeah, i'm quite nervous because like you said you know i do like teaching it's not that i don't like teaching i just feel that this is a natural progression mm. um i'm excited about having new projects new things to focus on and just you know using my creativity to do different things but ideally i'd always like to have a foot in the classroom because i do enjoy teaching and your students love you, so <laughs> you need to keep to keep doing that. So what are your priorities, really, or your, um, um, you know, what's the thing that you're really, really looking forward to? So this year I'm getting the chance to do in-house coaching in the school. So, you know, in the past I did coaching projects with students, but this year we're really focusing on coaching teachers and possibly also admin staff. So I'm very excited about having that experience with the teachers and just, you know, helping them professionally, but also personally to develop and, you know, hopefully just become better teachers. So I feel really honoured to, you know, have been given that responsibility by the school. And I think it's just a really exciting project to focus on. So that's going to be my priority for the moment. Wonderful. You spent the summer in Scotland. How does it feel to be back in Sicily? Um, yeah, it's quite extreme. I mean, one minute I was in my old bedroom uh, teaching Oxford University <laughs> students, Chinese students, and then, you know, the next minute I was on holiday and then I was back in the classroom in Sicily. So, yeah, it's extreme, but, you know, I don't want to live in Scotland permanently. So, you know, I was happy to come back and focus on new projects. Do you find it strange actually just being back at school and having like all these students around you again? I mean, it, it feels like about three, for me, um, I've just gone back to uni and this year is the first year that, you know, we're not hybrid and um, there are just so many students. And I haven't been in a room with people crowds i suppose yeah. um how does that feel for you well like the first week i kept looking around for my mask and thinking oh god where's my mask and then realizing oh we don't need to wear one and then like even this evening we were doing a mingle activity and i felt you know we were all a bit close <laughs> and you know suddenly everyone's looking at me and they can see my full face and yeah it, it is odd i think it's going to take a long time to get used to actually yeah um perhaps that would be one of the things that you're helping people or coaching people through i'm not sure what are the the priorities in terms of your coaching focus well 
for example, um, we have quite a lot of new teachers this year in the school. We've got five new full-time teachers. And, you know, we I did like a kind of, I did a coaching induction with them, like an introduction to what coaching is. Mm. And then from that, this week, we're going to have our first sessions. And, you know, the idea is that they bring something from the induction that they were talking about and they bring that into the first coaching session. But, you know, they're fantastic teachers. They all really want to improve and develop. That's why a lot of them have moved here. So I think that the coaching sessions are going to take quite a professional focus and we're going to work on, you know, developing their teaching skills, which is great. Well, they're very lucky to have you helping them along the helping them along the way. Um, you've been to Stromboli a few times this summer. <laughs> As you know. <laughs> I do. I follow you regularly and I love I love what you're posting. How did it go? It, it's been an amazing year there, I have to say. I've been I've been three times. Wow. Um the the last, you know, I went in September, but I went for three weeks because that was my ultimate goal. Well, my ultimate goal is to spend a much longer period there, but you know, three weeks. I wanted to live like an island. So you haven't you haven't found a house there yet to not um... yet. <laughs> I am always looking though. But yeah, one of my goals, you know, while I, I was doing this online job over the summer, my goal was to get back to Sicily, but go there for three weeks and just live like an islander and just, you know, get a real feel for the island at the end of the season. Um, and just, you know, go without a plan and see, you know, what happens. Um, and then in June, that was a different trip because I actually went to take my books which my book I published last November, mm. my guide. And I actually, that was very nerve wracking because in June I went especially to take the book, the book to the, to the shops, the little shops on the island to sell. Mm -hmm. So I had to approach them and show them the book, which I always find terribly nerve wracking. <laughs> and um, I dedicated the book to the guide, to the oldest guide, the most, you know, the, the very well-known guide. And I had this, you know, thing in my head that I was going to see him and I would have to like give this speech and present him with my book. And then that opportunity presented itself. So I actually had to do that and it was very nerve wracking. But wow. it, it was a lovely experience. And then um, a few things happened in, um, in Stromboli. Um, I believe you took a uh, group of people up to the crater. Tell us a little bit about that. So when I, when I, um, you know, de I dedicated my book in person to him, I had my little speech prepared. You know, I was like a teenager meeting their idol. And, you know, I just said that the climbs with him had changed my life. And, you know, he was a fantastic teacher and the book was for him because I wrote about you know, how I felt, you know, it's called a heartfelt felt guide because it's not just a black and white guide. This is how you get to the top of the crater, etc. And he was so touched by this that he invited me personally on this private trek with 27 older Italians. Now, he doesn't really climb anymore because one, you can't go to the crater anymore because mm. there was a very big eruption in 2019, as you know. I know. And, yeah. and from that day, you. I was there. Go, you were <laughs> oh, there. No, I just no, I just left yes. the island, um, and we had actually been on a boat, um, 
outside the Shara, for those who are listening, basically, there is a side of the island where the volcano um, basically throws out rocks and lava and, and all kinds of things. And there is a, an area where you are not allowed to go with your boat or swim. Um, I perhaps shouldn't say this on live radio, but we were there. And um, the boys were swimming and Massimo just, my husband just sort of went, Jane, we've got to get out of here. He could, he could feel it. Mm. It was really, it was really, really strange. We'll talk about this a bit later on. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like um, that, that how you, um, how volcanoes have that kind of draw. It's really, yeah. but he said, we've got to go. And then we left Stromboli and the next day <laughs> there was, you could see, the explosion and where we were swimming, if we'd been there then, um, we probably wouldn't be here anymore. But yeah. anyway, that's a um, that's a hypothetical. It's not a, it didn't happen. And yeah. so, um, but yeah, but taking these people up, I mean, yeah. ha, did you coach them through that experience? Well, you know, it was just very surreal because one minute, you know, this guide is my idol and then, but he didn't know it. And then the next minute he knew. And then the next minute he invited me on this very special trek because he doesn't really go anymore. So I was his like, it, it was like the dream, like for one night only, I got to be a guide and he, <laughs> he introduced me as a guide slash friend. These 27... <laughs> people like just assumed I was a guide so I was my job was to be at the back of the line right. and then he was obviously at the front because you know he, he's he's quite famous like there's even a TED talk dedicated to him about him and um so we're climbing and they're just asking me all these questions and luckily I knew the answers because I'd written my little guide so I was able to answer some of their questions and they were like oh so do you climb every night and then they started <laughs> to get confused because I was like no I don't live here I live in Palermo and they just didn't really understand but I think you know what was special what is special about it is that you see those people in every group who they they're scared well, one, there, there's, there are people who are just scared of the volcano, but there are those people who don't think that they're going to manage the climb, whether that be to the top or now 400 metres. And, you know, when they get there, when we reach the viewpoint, when we reach the top, it's that sense of achievement. And you can see it in their eyes that they're just so delighted that, you know, they managed to do this because it is strenuous and it's always yeah. very hot. I mean, every time I go, it's like 35, 40 degrees. Um, you know, and it's that sense of achievement and the look in their eyes that they've they've done this. And you know, when I think that when you come down, you're you're not the same person as when you go up. We obviously can't. We obviously can't take all of our students up <sighs> to the top of a volcano. But what kind of things could we pull out from this experience mm. that could help our learners? So something that the guide does. His name is Zaza. Something that he does that the other guides don't do actually is that he identifies immediately the weakest member of the group. Mm -hmm. Now, he doesn't say you are the weakest member, obviously, but he says, okay, why don't you come with me? So he gets that person behind him immediately and he's, you know, watching them in control, maybe even holding their hand the whole way up. 
and he doesn't let that person go and he doesn't lose sight of that person so when that person gets to the top you know they're like I can't believe that I was able to do this and I think that that is something we can take as a lesson in teaching but you know rather than just saying okay that student's weak I don't know what to do with that student you know taking that student under your wing not you know pointing them out as the weak mm. student but finding that way of including them mm. and making them feel that you know they are valuable they're a valuable member of the class and they can achieve and that's what you know I've always said about coaching in the classroom it's about making that person feel like a, like a someone brilliant and what about the people who like are sort of overly confident what do they do i'm sorry that's that's my dog <laughs> she's she's probably a bit hungry <laughs> she's making some funny noises i apologize to you and to the listeners <laughs> i'm just gonna move my sorry about that she, <laughs> she's just she's um yeah she'll come down in a sec i have i mean my dogs do actually make a regular appearance on my um radio show so listeners know that they're, they're fans there. yeah I'm just waiting for someone to ring the doorbell or you know pass by the stairs <laughs> and Minnie will be you remember Minnie my my black dog she just she, she usually has a little bark as well <laughs> um yeah what about it's a we're, di we're differentiating here um what about the sort of overly confident mm. you know I'm gonna be the first one up the yeah. up to the crate what happens there what, well how do, how's that managed yeah so that I always find that amusing with Zaza because he decides you know that person who's in you know it's every every enthusiastic hiker's dream to walk with the guide I mm. mean you know now I never get to because my job is to be the back but <laughs> it's always quite amusing to see the look on that you know enthusiastic person's face when they get sent you know can you go back please because I'm walking with this person mm. but to steal, you know, his words, something that he talks about in an interview, which is actually shown in a TED talk, he says that, you know, it's really interesting that when you meet your group on the ground, we're all different and you can see the social classes. And he mm. said that when you get up there on the volcano, we're all the same mm. and everyone's afraid and, you know, everyone's wary of this active volcano because it's in that moment that you realize that, you know, we're nothing next to nature. And he said that, you know, he sees everyone as equal. And then when you come down, it all goes back to how it was in the social classes, you know, it all returns. And I think, you know, we can take that lesson into the classroom as well. Like, we're all equals in this classroom. Like, I always say that to my students that, you know they respect me as the teacher but i have the same respect for them mm. how do you feel in front of that lava and heat and i mean it, i've seen it once um a very long time ago mm -hmm. and i don't think i'll forget it but um you know, how do you feel with that in front of you <laughs> So every every time I go up there, whether it's to the top or now, you know, to 400, to meters, 400 meters, yeah, it's it's a different experience every time. And, you know, it's different emotions every time. Like sometimes I want to chat to people and it's all very fun and exciting. And other times it's very emotional. Um, but I think that everyone should experience once in their lives because it's very humbling. Mm -hmm. 
and it, uh, you know, I think it puts us humans in our place that really next to that, next to a volcano, what, what, what are we? Mm. And I really like that humbling effect of it. And it just, yeah, and it puts things into perspective as well. Well, we're, we're, we're a very small part of this very big world. Yeah. So if, I'm going to just pause for a moment and go to the news. Okay. And um, I have a few more questions for you. Um, but um, if we could just take a quick break, um, I will we'll be back right after the news. Thanks. We have teamed up with the Witherslack Group to bring you a fantastic face-to-face -face meetup in Manchester next month. Tickets are free, with lunch included, and you'll be met with a host of amazing speakers. Sign up for Your Voice now at witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash Your Voice 2022. Hi, I'm Charlie Burley, the Teacher's Health Coach, and I want to talk to you about the first ever health and wellbeing event for educators, Rewriting Wellbeing. It's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and wellbeing in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers, including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger, and many more. There'll be talks, workshops, and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch, and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity, EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etc Venues St Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The TES magazine focuses on fears of a teacher trainee shortage as a report reveals ITT cold spots. The report in the magazine says the Department for Education in England has been warned that it must urgently tackle teacher training cold spots as analysis reveals recruitment issues across England. The analysis suggests that multiple regions in England face losing swathes of places on courses after a government shake-up cut initial teacher training provided numbers by a quarter. Recent results of the second and final rounds of the DfE's re-accreditation process showed that around 25% of existing providers could be lost. The teacher training sector is now calling for a pragmatic and realistic approach to ensuring trainees can access courses in all parts of the country. This comes at a time when the number of teachers entering the profession is falling. 
The Northeast is facing the sharpest potential loss as 32% of training places available last year are under threat. The East and Southwest regions also face significant cuts of around 24%. The report acknowledges that some new providers have received approval to start offering courses from 2024, but others within the sector are concerned that this will not fully resolve the issues. Providers have 15 days to lodge an application to appeal loss of accreditation. Teams of the UK's most talented young tradespeople are to begin competing in the World Skills Competition 2022. The competition, traditionally held in just one country, is, this year, taking in smaller events across the world. The event, which sees a UK team of 35 travel around the globe, begins in Stuttgart, Germany, on the 4th of October, and will end on November the 26th in Salzburg, Austria. The UK team will be looking to improve on a 12th place finish at the 2019 event. FE Week features details of the competitors and their areas of specialism, which include toolmaking, milling, web development and cybersecurity. Winners for each category will be announced during closing ceremonies for each competition, with medals given to those achieving gold, silver or bronze. Medals of excellence will be given to those judged to have reached world-class standard in their skill. In Wales, First Minister Mark Drakeford has taken part in an online Q&A session with school pupils. The session, hosted by the Politics Project, gives opportunities for schools to support learners in realising one of the four purposes of the Curriculum for Wales, becoming ethical, informed citizens of Wales and the world. Questions range from finding out about the politician's journey into politics, climate change and whether Wales can indeed win the World Cup. And finally, in South Africa, the government has issued a press release focusing on the recruitment of 25,000 education assistants and general school assistants for both public and special schools. The recruitment drive is part of the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative. Education assistants will support teachers with administrative tasks, classroom management, sports coaching and cultural activities, whilst the general assistants will focus on maintenance, cleaning and general admin. The programme is part of a drive to improve standards within schools in the country, as well as increasing employment opportunities. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week is World Space Week. Space is such a vast topic, there's always something you can find out that could potentially be a hook for a lesson. The theme this year is sustainability. I only found out about Space Week as I was browsing the internet. This got me thinking about how amazing the internet is and how so much information is at our fingertips. This week, I'm going to look at finding inspiration for a lesson using information I would never have known about without the amazing technology of the internet. During my research, I've discovered that there are a number of websites out there dedicated to awareness days. I've compiled a list of genuine official awareness days to motivate your form, classes, colleagues or even yourself from now until the end of term. In October we have Buy British Day, National Poetry Day, National Kale Day, World Octopus Day and World Porridge Day. This one sounds funny but it's actually to raise awareness for children in poverty in developing countries. Local Radio Day. To celebrate this our very own Tom Rogers is going to stop talking every time he goes under a bridge. Still in October we have National Roast Pheasant Day, UK Coffee Week, Apple Day, Global Champagne Day, International Stammering Awareness Day, World Tripe Day, National Pumpkin Day, American Beer Day, National Black Cat Day and Wild Foods Day. 
There's not much information on Wild Foods Day, but if you do go all bear grills, please do let us know how it went. Ending October, we have RSPB Feed the Birds Day. Please feed the birds more than just one day. In November, there's World Vegan Day, National Stress Awareness Day, Roast Dinner Day, International Stout Day and National Hugger Bear Day. I'd advise against hugging a real bear, however, it would make a very engaging lesson. Great British Game Week, British Pudding Day, Tempoliano Day and Zinfandel Day are followed by Homemade Bread Day. I think this is here to soak up all the wine. Still staying in November, there's National Gingerbread Day, National Eater Cranberry Day, the fruit, not a band member. The end of November brings us White Ribbon Day. Days of interest in December before we break up are Fuel Poverty Awareness Day, Christmas Jumper Day, and National Hot Chocolate Day. The internet is an amazing resource for information. I hope you can find inspiration and motivation in your next search. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. I can. I can. So, um, quite a lot has actually been happening in Stromboli. They've gone through a pretty drastic year. Do you want to just tell? yeah a little bit about it sure it's been you know an incredibly difficult year for the island and the islanders because on the 25th of may um you know the big italian tv company rai they were on the island filming a series and they started a fire on the volcano um, even though the islanders advised, advised against it that day because of the Scirocco, the African wind. Mm -hmm. But they started it anyway because they were in a rush to finish filming. So what started off as a small fire very quickly went into a full-blown fire. Mm. And basically the islanders were up all night, you know, 24 hours trying to put out this fire that almost destroyed all of the homes on the island. Um, so it was absolutely terrifying. The damage is still dreadful. Um, the paths have all been destroyed. Uh, recently, the, the guides uh, have opened a very old path so that they could go back up and take tourists to 400 meters. Um, and you know, that was bad enough. And as you know, in Italy, everything is a very long legal process. So they haven't received any money yet. They're, you know, it's a big lawsuit. And then at the end of August, the islanders had already predicted this and the inevitable happened. There was a massive storm at the end of August. You know that in Italy, when it rains in the summer, it rains. It, it really rains. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yep. Because of the lack of vegetation and you know there were no roots all this water just came down the mountain as a landslide and one particular part of the village was just destroyed people's homes destroyed by mud i i saw images of it and it just looked horrific yeah. i mean there was just mud i think a friend of mine was also on holiday and she kind of showed what was going on in her in the house that she was staying in but you know but you could see like this i think because it's quite it's i mean it's a very small village but it's got yeah. its main roads and the main roads were just covered in black um mud and you yeah. know the houses were submerged and 
um, it just looked horrific. Yeah, and then the the path, the the old mule track, which leads up to you know the famous restaurant, the observatory. My, one of my faves, yeah. Yes, I always yeah. think of you when I go there, <laughs> or when I used to go there. But, but I mean, where time, else? Where else can you go yeah. and, and sit and have dinner and, and watch a volcano explode? I mean, it's yeah. just. Um, is it? Are they still there? Is it? So okay. they, the the restaurant is there, but the the mule track, which mm. you know you, you need to go take up, to go yeah. there, that got completely destroyed by the by the landslide by the mud. And so they they closed at the end of August. That was them, and it hasn't reopened since because basically the island needs a lot of funding. They need government aid. They need help. You know they've cleared the mud, but the paths are destroyed. The mule track is destroyed, and you know all these businesses have just lost so much money. And tourists who have cancelled their holidays. It's been a very very difficult year. The island is in a very fragile position. And actually coming out of COVID and also from, yeah. I mean, not being able to go up since 2019. I mean, this was supposed to be the year that, you know, you could. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's um, it's really sad. I know you're doing something to help. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about it? So, you know, I was in Scotland when all this was happening this summer and, you know, I was a witness to this devastation. So, you know, I thought, okay, what can I do? What, what's the first thing I can do from here? So, you know, my, my little guide that's on sale online and on the island, all of the profits from that, from my book, you know, are all going directly to the island to, to help with the rebuilding of the paths. Um, you know, any projects that they're doing, there, there is a project called Cultiviamo Nidea, and they're trying to invest in the replanting, for example, of the vegetation, because that's a priority, because with mm. that vegetation, every time it rains, this is what's going to happen. How are they, how are they going to cope? I mean, they're obviously, do they have plans for winter, or is it just kind of just wait and see what happens? Well, I mean, they've already managed to to get to get some money. The the government are slowly, you know, taking action. Um, mm. They it, it's moving, shall we say, but not fast enough. And like I said, the island is in a very precarious position. Also, because in the last week, I don't know if you saw, but the activity is very high. Yeah. Uh, there's a lava flow right now. Um, down the Shara, like you were talking about before, and um, islanders have been advised to stay at home if they hear any loud, you know, bangs and explosions from the volcano. And it's 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 an exciting. I'll be honest, I'm tempted to go this weekend. The thought is there to go and mm. see this. Um, yep. But let's say that in general, the island is in quite a precarious situation. They they need all the help that they mm. can get. I mean, the explosions that I was actually teaching um, yesterday, and you know when you're um, when you've got your sort of mouse over, um, and there's that there's that section um, with the news that yes, kind of, and it popped up, and there was a, a kind of video of Stromboli exploding, and my students all went what <laughs> and so we went and and actually looked at it and and it was like oh my gosh i've i mean i've been on stromboli 
I've I've heard very loud explosions and and felt rumbles, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything quite like that. I don't know about. I mean, you have a lot more experience. Um, um, well, actually, it's quite amusing because every time I I go, the activity is quite low, low to medium. So I'm I'm actually waiting for this day when I'm going to see quite a big eruption. And you know, I'm not joking. Like this weekend, I may just get on a boat and try and get there. It's a bit of a trek, but you know. Yeah, I think I think we've talked boat. about these curses. Um, you're waiting you're waiting for Stromboli and I'm perhaps waiting for Vesuvius who knows yeah <laughs> there are certain there are certain curses and I, I actually noticed uh, I googled it the other day and apparently there's a um a television program called Volcano Curse a French series but I don't know okay. what it's talking about uh, but I will look into it volcano personalities do volcanoes have a kind of personality i mean why is I, I know for from you know greek mythology idu idu is idu um and it's part of the story but why do you think um a volcano may be assigned a male or a female character do you think it has anything to do with their personalities <laughs> Um, it could be, but this is quite interesting because when I was there in September, on I was actually there on my birthday and, you know, Stromboli is like that where you leave your house and you end up meeting all sorts of people and having all sorts of conversations. And I was talking to this lady who, who lives there. She is really interested in tarot cards and tarot card reading. And she said that there are, you know, a lot of studies on this and a lot of people believe that Stromboli Edo is actually female. Oh. is actually a she um, because there's quite a lot of feminine energy on the island and she said that you know the males on the island they think that they rule the roost but it's actually the women of Stromboli who are making the decisions behind the scenes <laughs> Fascinating. so I, I liked that yeah, I like, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all extremely poetic but there I mean there must be I mean, it's a full moon at the moment. I don't mm. know if you've noticed. Yeah. Um, certainly in Australia, when it's a full moon, they put on, you know, extra police forces and, and um, you know, we are 90% water. Um, so there is some kind of magnetic draw. And I'm sure that volcanoes somehow influence us in a slightly different way. But yeah, there must be something there. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I do hope you go this weekend and just experience a, a big blast. Uh, not too big, obviously. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm not wishing in danger on, on the islanders, but, you know, I'd like to see something. Mm, yeah. No, it, it's interesting, though. That, I mean, the way the island is structured, most of the activity does go to one side. I think yeah. um, where where I am here, the, a lot of people have talked about the actual the island that we need to watch is actually Ischia, um, and the, they could prepare for it. But the thing is, is that they don't know which side yeah. will go. And if it if it the way the bay is structured, if if it goes out to sea, Naples will be fine. But if it's the other way around, then we'll get a big tidal wave 
here. Yeah. So fingers crossed none of this happens and all the activity stays somewhere else and and the tectonic plates release (laughs) in a different area so we know that you are inspired by your guide are there other people who inspire and influence you in life and in work and you can separate them if you need to well, you know, if if we think about my work, since, you know, this is TT Radio, um, one of, the, you know, my biggest inspirations, I don't know if you know Rita Pearson, um, she's an American educator, mm-hmm. um, her and, you know, her TED Talk, it's just, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, when I started my coaching projects in Naples and school with the teenagers, I always looked to her for inspiration and it's just you know her mindset was always about you know making the class feel like they were important uh, remembering their names uh, she tells this funny story in her talk of a student you know she she got this class and they were failing and everyone knew that they were failing and it was her job you know to give them a pep talk and make them feel like you know they weren't failing and so this kid got you know like two points like in the whole test so they like I don't know got two out of like 50 or something and she wrote like plus two (laughs) and the student's like but is this an F and she's like no you know but you got two right it's not all bad and she does it you know with her American accent and she's got this you know black vibe and she's she's just amazing and you know I always think about that because when I think about her I think okay she looks at her students as people and not just as something to teach you know it's not just Hmm. like let's get through this course book because today we have to teach this and I think that that's what I've always been about in my teaching it's about looking at the person looking at the individual and you know teaching the kids and not the book wonderful here we go again (laughs) she's back those of you who are listening who can't see us um I have a dog who's in desperate need of attention. You'll get it. You'll get it. Um, <laughs> don't worry. Um, so what's what are the plans for the next year or so? I know this year you've kind of, you've got a new role and that's fantastic. Um, what, how do you see the future for you as that's a teacher? That's a very big mm. question, Jim. Um, you know, like I said, this is a transition year. And I think, you know, the world's quite a scary place at the moment. I think that, you know, in the past, we were all making these big plans. And we assumed, you know, we were all we all had jobs for life. And, you know, I've always been quite a big planner, but things have happened in the past year, in my personal life. And I've just come to realize that, you know, we can't plan everything. And, you know, maybe the future for me is going to be a little bit of work in the classroom and some coaching and, you know, spending time on Stromboli. Like, you know, I talk about this volcano in a romantic fashion, I know. But realistically, I would like to spend more time on that island and take English to the island and give those kids a chance that they wouldn't get. That's. I remember you you talking about um, launching a project for for the kids um and yeah i mean for them it would probably be useful but um as as people we also need to help rebuild 
the traffic to the island because that's yeah. that's what keeps them alive. It's um, it's very very small. On to some more, um, some less serious stuff. Um, I know you. I've known you for a number of years, and I have seen you rap. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you unless you're you, telling everyone unless, that. <laughs> unless you feel sorry I'm sorry <laughs> but I was actually thinking about you when I when I put the questions together and I thought um what is your favorite song Soph? So okay well we'll go on that theme of rap and you know that I love Macklemore yeah and you know I'll always love him I don't use his songs as much in class now because teens listen to different music now mm. and you know it's a bit old now for them um but one of his songs you know I like a lot of different music for different reasons but if we want to go you know a song that I really like and you know with a serious message one of his songs Kevin um is about you know young people this young guy Kevin and about you know in America this crisis of teenagers who are struggling with their mental health struggling with things like ADHD and they go to the doctor for help and you know they're just given all sorts of pills and mm. you know the doctor's not looking at the person um so that's you know one of my favorite Macklemore songs and you know you know that I love him not just because of like the the rhythm but you know the lyrics I think that he talks about meaningful things mm. wonderful wonderful um as you're traveling around between Scotland, Sicily, Stromboli, I mean, you, you, you do move in um, I, I, a Scottish yogurt. I mean, oh my God, um, cheese. <laughs> so, I mean, it, 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 food in Scotland is, I mean, it, it is wonderful. Um, you've got Scotland, you've got Palermo, and you've got Stromboli. What mm. is your top foodie spot? Oh wow. And what do you eat when you go there? That's a very difficult question. You can have more than one option. <laughs> okay, well, no, some something I yeah, okay, I want to mention this because it's unexpected, but it's really special. So this year on Stromboli, well, I discovered it last year, but this year was really special. So in the main square on Stromboli, there's this little unassuming place it looks like a takeaway place and that's last year I actually got you know takeaway food after my climb on the volcano mm. but now Alberto and his wife are they're from the north of Italy they've put little tables outside and now this is really quite the place to be Ooh. and they have amazing wine really lovely selection of wine which you know obviously I had to try everything and <laughs> he you know, it says he does, he's very modest. He says, you know, I don't have much on my menu, but he's full of surprises. So if you go and you say to him, okay, I said, okay, tomorrow I want to have Vitello Tonato, which, mm. you know, has nothing to do with Sicily. He's from the north of Italy, but, you know, he's from the north. The next night he made me it. And he does lots of Sicilian dishes. Mm. Um, I had some lovely bacala with chickpea uh, puree. And Wonderful. It's just such a lovely place. I can't rate this place on Stromboli highly enough. And I've been to everywhere on Stromboli because when I wrote the guide, I mm. had to obviously go around all the restaurants. But this little place, it looks like a very small, unassuming place, but his food is excellent. And the dish would be um, Vitel Tonnet or 
um, the bacala with chickpeas. Yes, and they also make a very good caponata because, you know, we are in Sicily, so he does do Sicilian dishes as well. Okay. And if you had a favourite dish in general, what would it be? So, okay, my favourite Sicilian dish is a pasta dish, and it's pasta con le sarde with sardines and wild fennel. Mm. I love that. Is that the one with breadcrumbs on? Yes. Top? Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't been to Palermo for a very long time, but I do hope to get there very soon. I remember um, just near your school, there's a there's like a fish market. It's a fish shop, like they sell yes. fish. Um, but they were cooking and I said, you know, what's happening? And they said, well, no, you can you can have a, bo a bowl of pasta. And I said, well, what can I have? And they said, well, we're just cooking this. And I was like, oh, wonderful. And yes. um, I said, you know, you really need a glass of wine with this. And they said, oh, you just go across the road to the bar and get <laughs> one. And it was like I was in the middle of the street between a fish shop and a bar and I had the most fantastic meal for about 10 euros. It's yeah. just extraordinary. Yeah. Three words that people use to describe you. Mm. So, <laughs> um, overthinker, I mm. think, um, loyal. And this summer, my sister said I was thoughtful. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I do remember finding a pair of earrings on my desk from you. <laughs> You had lovely, to have them. Lovely, 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 thoughtful, Sophia. Yes, definitely. Um, the last good Netflix that you watched. <laughs> okay, well, I don't watch a lot of TV. I always seem to be busy doing other things, but something that I've you know, watched in the last year that has stayed with me is uh, the series Ted Lasso. Hmm. And... Um, it's about a coach, it's about a football coach, but an American football coach who uh, is transferred to the UK to coach a football team. And it's very funny. It's very mm. British in style. But the acting is incredible. And the character development, it's, oh, it really is out of this world. You would love it. Okay, I'll look it's it up. It's really great. I mean, I'm a bit like you. I don't have... I don't have a lot of, I'd much rather be doing something else. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm not, I'm not a series eater um, like my children. Um, but when I do find a good series, I will perhaps binge a little bit on that. But thank you. Um, wonderful talking to you. <laughs> and you always. Um, I hope you can come back again soon. And um, I hope my dogs haven't annoyed you too much today. Um, good luck with the the new year. Good luck with the transition. Um, I think it's wonderful that you are moving and supporting and helping people. It's just great to see. And um, it's also amazing all the stuff that you're doing for Stromboli. Um, thanks. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for coming in and talking again. See you next time. <laughs> okay, see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Okay, and so that was Soph, Sophia Leone again. Um, always such a pleasure to, to chat with her. Um, I will put a link in, um, in the listen back section for this 
for this uh, program, um, just to if you if you do feel like um, if you do feel like helping out Stromboli, um, there's they have an Instagram page and um, a website if you want to help them out a little bit. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it anything that we can do obviously can help, and um, I'm really proud of her that she's donated her time. I also do want to apologise for letting. Um, apologize profusely again um, for letting it slip that she loves um, a certain type of music and I shall avoid that in future. I'm terribly sorry. It was a little bit, um, it won't happen again and, and I'm, I'm sorry again for that, Soph. Um, next week um, I'll be talking to two lovely people about their work with refugees. So, um, Looking forward to to being back, um, enjoying being back. I've been off, I've been off for a little bit because um, a few changes uh, in my personal life with work, just work, um, but all good. Um, just a new, completely new world. Um, also, given that we no longer have, um, yeah, we're not hybrid doing hybrid lessons. Everything's face to face. It does feel very very. Um, very strange after all this time. Um, so uh, that's it for me today. Um, have a lovely day, everyone. And it's been wonderful having you here with me. Take care and um, I'll see you next, next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.